0: Good to be together on a beautiful Sunday in the mountains of Colorado, right? We're gathering in to hear his word and worship together and pray together. So if you're out there in the uh, cafe, come on in. Psalm 92.1, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, and that's exactly what we're going to do here in these uh, next few minutes together on uh, the Lord today. Before we do, though, we've created uh, some time here before our service begins to uh, hear some reports and to catch up on some things that are happening outside of this Sunday morning time we have in the life and ministry of our church. So, um, buckle your seat belts. We've got a good little bit to do in the next 10 or 15 minutes. In those bulletins, what color are those bulletins this morning? Yaller, as we say in Ohio. Yaller. Uh, Take those out. Lots of good information in there. Things coming up. Opportunities to serve. Uh, In those bulletins, you should have a connection card. And uh, I think we have a connection card slide. Who is that behind the connection card slide this morning? Scott Meyer, board, vice chair. He's a good-looking guy. Better looking behind a Connect card, but I don't know. I'm just just kidding about that. So if you have any new information, if you're new with us today and want to give us an email or something, prayer request on the back, do that on that Connection card. Good way to communicate with your pastors and uh, leaders here at the church. Got one more picture to show you as Jim Rumsey makes his way up here to the platform because he's got a report for us in it bit. Ladies had a great time yesterday here at the church, their monthly fellowship. Look at that great group of women. Wow. Now, Barbara sent me a lot more pictures, but we got so much going on today. If you want to see the other pictures she showed me, see me after the service. I'll show them to you on our phone. She had that place decorated to the hill, her and her team, and they had a great time. But we have a great group of women here at WP Naz, and we love you guys a lot and appreciate you. You remember back in April, Jim Rumsey went on a trip to Serbia. It was a district mission trip, and we prayed for him. We sent a love offering to young missionaries that are launching the work there, so I've asked Jim to take a few minutes this morning and give us a report. He's got some pictures, so I'm going to turn the mic over to you. You ready? Let's give Jim a big hand.
1: what that is is Serbian for good morning um, we didn't learn much as to the Serbian language but at least we got good morning and we'll close this with thank you as we finish as you know this trip went from April 12th to April the 22nd and Scott if you could roll as you can tell there's where we were we were in a Basically, uh, the European, um, and part of our trip actually took us, we were within actually four miles of the Croatian border also. Next. All right, our overview. Um, We were there to, um, through our host missionary, Ben and Hannah uh, Ponder, Uh, the church collected $996, um, which we sent a check to the um, National Missionary Division of the Church of the Nazarene in Lenexa, which went into their funds to help them. Um, they are breaking out uh, to um, with this community center to help Russian and Ukrainian uh, people uh, just to get to know Christ um, and a very good group. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out right now. There are four people in the church. I'm um, not going to call them out by name. They know who they are. They helped support this trip. For me. And I want to say thank you to those people. Um, primary objective was to help take a call center and turn it into a community center for the ponders to help with their goal of reaching the Russian and Ukrainian people there in Serbia. The second goal was to go to a refugee camp, which is about 40 miles south of, well, west of Belgrade, to help with an international organization called uh, Operation Mobilization. There we worked with um, Afghanistan, Somalia, Sudan, Egyptian um, men only. Scott, if you could roll, please. Um, there's our team right there. Um, as we go through, kind of left to right, uh, I'm going to have to get up here and turn around a little bit. Um, you have Rob Garrison, Lexus, and Olga, which are the Russian missionaries that are helping the ponders. Then we had uh, Borgney Anderson, Reggie Granger, Richard Lapp, John and Kathy Brunau, who John Brunel is actually the Colorado district Um, lead for the work and witness program in the Colorado District for the Church of the Nazarene. And then, of course, um, Hannah and Ben Potter plus their family. Of course, while we were going over there, they had a newborn. His name is Bo. And um, so that was fun. Uh, A lot of the women took care of Bo in between things. And then front row was Steven Anderson. Um, I took that picture, so I'm not shown, but I didn't want to break the camera while we were doing this. So, all right, next slide, please. Um, This is what the community center looked like when we walked in on Wednesday, April the 13th. Bare walls. Scott, next. All right, um, there's just kind of work. I mean, this one picture. Um, I've been called a lot of things in my life, but I got the nickname because of doing a lot of painting of Jim Nodrip. I don't know if I want to hang on to that one or not, but uh, did a lot of painting, caulking, uh, working on a stove, Scott. Um, there, as you can tell, um, a finished product was coming into place. next slide. And then our primary goal to help in the community center, because they will also be doing cooking meals while they do instructions. We remodeled the kitchen, which you see on the left. Um, We moved the stove, we put in new counters, we actually put in a dishwasher which is unheard of in Europe and then we moved the refrigerator and put in extra cabinets and then next to the refrigerator on the right side you see a big door, that's actually a new stove went in there also. Uh, So we did a lot of wiring which is a little fun with European style wiring as compared to US. Next slide Scott. Um, This was a a gentleman by the name of Bariska, um, he was our uh, barista that we went to every morning by his shop, hiking to the community center. Um, he knew Christ, so it was fun talking to him. But then on his wall, he had this one saying that just caught my eye. Stop thinking, start doing it. Next. And then here we are out at the refugee camp. Um we were limited on pictures we could take, and I think you would understand why, since this is a refugee camp. Um, there's where we were kind of doing our introduction in the upper right-hand corner, and then I was asked if I was going to play pickleball while I was there. The closest I got was a game of uh, ping-pong, table tennis, with what they said was their number two ping-pong player in the camp. So it was fun. So we got to minister that way. Next Um, For church service, um, Ben um, has aligned himself with a church called International Christian Fellowship there in Belgrade. They had about 300 people at their morning service, so that was nice. Scott, go ahead. Um, Some of the churches, um, this was a, a Greek Orthodox church. The picture on the left, if you see how this is done inside, if you blew this up, a lot of this is mosaic tile done in one-inch squares. And this church has been around uh, since about, um, I think, 18, in the 1800s, and it's still in use today. It's not a museum. It's still in use today by the people in Belgrade. And then there are statues all over the area of priests, um, generals, things like that. Belgrade over the years has had something like 114 battles fought over it over the centuries. Scott, go ahead. Um, A lot of the streets are done in uh, cobblestone brick um, that they keep up with. And then there's just kind of a fountain was in the middle of the square. And there's fortresses all over Belgrade. And that is looking out over the Sabra River off one of the top of the fortresses there in Belgrade while we did some sightseeing in between our work next Um, there um, this is a church that's on top of a fortress in the second biggest city called Novosad, and to get to that you see the start of what is 1,000 steps and you climb about 300 you climb close to 400 feet and the only way to come down is through those steps again so we got our exercise that day Scott go ahead and then that's just flying home, as the expression goes. Um, what I'd like to say is, and I'm watching my time. I've been given a time limit, is even if you can't go on a mission trip like this, um, always think about what you can do to help. Whether it is to help fund somebody by a sponsorship, which, I, like I said, I had four families help me offset costs, Um, and if you know you're a server, use your skills. I mean, I was the the new kid on the block. Most of these people I worked with have had up to 30 missions trip, and Reggie has gone to 16 countries over a 30-year period. Um, So for me to be on my second international missions trip and my fifth missions trip overall, I was the new kid on the block compared to what other people have done over the years but just think if you're a server it doesn't matter what your skills are you can find something to do on these mission trips and just help people because we were able to help play games to help at the refugee camp for people to learn English simple first grade cards so they could learn simple English Um, we helped do lawn work out at the mission, out at the refugee camp. We helped with laundry the two days we were out there. We all just turned to, as the expression goes, and just helped where our skills were needed. So always, whether you think you can or you can't, think about what the Lord wants to do. For wants you to do. When I got notice of this trip in October of 2022, the Holy Spirit just said. You're going. So I went. And with that, thank you for your time. Thank you.
0: Appreciate that, Jim. And be willing to serve not only on mission trips in faraway lands, but right here at home in our own backyard. Amen? I've got three ladies, I think, that are going to come up and pitch. Vacation Bible School. Two ladies. And as they do, a shout-out to Danny Baker with this slide. Congratulations to Danny Baker. Graduated with a master's degree recently. Nice job. Proud of you, Danny. Okay, ladies, take it away. I
2: think we're going to play a video really quick. Get excited.
3: Five, four, three, two, one. Sourcing command to internal. Engines off. Opening main door.
4: Let's get pumped up for that. So I'm Shelby Elsis and this is Crystal White, and we have young kids that go here. Um, you probably have seen them. But we just want to ask for your prayers and your support, whether you want to volunteer or give donations, but blast off with us to teach these kids and, about Christ and being a light for Jesus in the world. Um, We are going to have VBS June 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Um, That's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 5.30 p.m. to 8. And it's going to be stellar, obviously. Um, (laughs) And there's going to be a sign-up table out here in the foyer. um, And that's going to be for signing up your kids and if you want to volunteer, whether it be Like I said, prayer, donations, setting up food, decor, um, teardown, all of that fun stuff.
2: So um, there's a QR code that's here, but it's also in your bulletin. Um, There's a little flyer in your bulletin. So on the back side of it, um, I don't know if you guys are big into QR codes, but it makes it really easy. You just take a picture of it with your phone, and it takes you straight to the link where you can register to volunteer or register your kiddos. Um, We put this on social media as well. We really would love for other kids outside of our church to come. I know a lot of us have a heart for outreach, and this is a great way for families that maybe don't go to church or are looking, bring their kiddos here. We love on them. We have a little dinner with them, and then we tell them how awesome this church is and how we want to love on their families too. So um, I'm going to be with Rachel outside after service with my laptop just – Registering folks that are like, I don't want to do the QR code. Will you just type me in? I will do that for you or for your kids or your grandkids or whoever. Um, But we would love for you guys to be a part. We think PBS is super important for our kids. That's it.
0: Sweet, sweet, sweet. You have a P.S.?
5: P.S. It also includes preschool. So if you have littles, and we are doing VBS with preschool.
0: I always think about my wife. Your Pastor Kelly was saved at a vacation Bible school at the age of 10. That was, I won't tell you how long ago that was. That wouldn't be good. Two more quick things. Baby bottles, fill them with coins, bills, checks, and support our local pregnancy center. They're at the exits. You can pick one up as you leave today. And then finally, you got a new pastor coming, if you haven't heard that news, and uh, he will be here and preaching June 25, that's in your bulletin, and move-in date for them in the parsonage is June 17. If you are an able-bodied person and want to help with that, why don't you put your name and Butler Move on a connection card, throw that in the offering plate today, and we'll contact you and give you some details to help them move in. Looking forward to that, praying over that. Good days are ahead for you. Okay, kiddos, you can stand and head back to Miss Tracy, and you're going to go off and enjoy Kids Church time. Love you guys. This was a little unusual to spend this much time today, but uh, good stuff that's happening outside of Sunday morning during the life and ministry of our church. I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds to stand and hug each other or high five, or whatever you want to do. Greet each other in the name of the Lord Jesus. Get those last hugs in and handshakes and have a seat Jane King tells me move-in day for the butlers is the 16th 16th, that's a Friday Now let's begin to turn our hearts and minds toward the Lord And hear His word, Jerry Garcia is going to open the word for us Let's find those seats, God
6: bless you reading from the Gospel of Luke this morning, chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God.
7: going to have the ushers come on forward and we'll take this morning's offering you want to pray Jerry come on back we'll let you pray (laughs) here use my
6: as you get older you have these senile moments I'm sorry let us pray father we thank you for this day we thank you that we have a God who loves us and who is always there and one who always supplies our needs. We pray, to Father, that as we take these tithes and offerings this morning, they might be used to help build your kingdom, that men and women, boys and girls, might be drawn to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
7: good to be in the house of the Lord today, isn't it? Amen. Did you guys come ready to step into the throne room this morning? We were talking earlier on worship team that we get to step in the throne room of God. He allows us to come in. We don't have to sneak in a back door. He opens it up and welcomes us in. And that's pretty special. So we hope that you're able to just kind of let go of your week. Get ready to step into our time of worship together. Just focus on Jesus. Will you stand with me? And we'll begin our time with him to focus our hearts and get ready for his word.
3: Search the world, it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. And then you
7: came along,
3: put me back together. He changed me, He let me down, but Jesus pulled me out, and I'm no longer back, I'm so glad He changed me, i yeah. now a new creator.
7: the I am tells me who I am amen now that you know who you are can you just imagine sitting in the throne room all of us all together knowing exactly who we are and seeing who he is for the very first time wow I gotta catch my breath I was dancing a little <laughs> We've got a new song we're going to introduce to you guys this morning called How I Love to Worship You. Do you love to worship Him? Do you set time aside just to spend time with Him during the week, every day? Just start with five minutes. My youth pastor, when I was a kid, challenged us for four weeks. First week, he said, I just want you to touch your Bible every day. That's it touch it, you're done. We came back, we were like, yeah, I did it. Next week, he said, okay, I want you to touch it, pick it up, set it down. Okay, we did it. Third week, touch it, pick it up, open it, close it, and set it down. So we came back that week, and he said, did you guys do it? And we said, yeah, we did it. We opened it, picked it up, set it down. But wait, I have a question, because I saw this thing when i look when i opened it and i want to know what this means god's word draws us to him all we have to do is spend a moment with him just touching his word his word is living and it draws us right to it so i want to encourage you to that because once you know him you can't help but worship him he's just too wonderful and i don't want you to miss out we're going to introduce this to you it's pretty easy i think you guys will catch on
8: Father, how can we do anything less in moments like this where we know that your Holy Spirit presence is drawing us to yourself in spite of all the things that are happening around us. You are so faithful to say, I love you. I care for you. I want you in my presence. God, I praise you. I thank you for the worship team this morning and the way that they have so faithfully obeyed your leading. They've let Holy Spirit lead them. God, it's amazing. There's nothing that compares to your presence. So we honor you, God. We give you glory. We thank you. We praise you, oh God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Holy Spirit presence dwelling and living within us speaking to us your words in the words of Jesus. God, I pray that every one of us, if if we haven't already done it, we'll make the choice to say, I'm going to be open to everything Holy Spirit says to me today. You've already prepared us, but just to go on record, Holy Spirit, you have permission to speak into my life today. God, we lift up Pastor Kelly as she brings the word to us today. God, I, I know that it will be an anointed word. And God, we just pray for a supernatural empowering of the words that you will speak through her. God, may we be open, receptive, attentive. And God, may it radically mold us and shape us as we seek to follow Jesus. And, God, we lift up our church, the, the church that we're a part of, the church of the Nazarene. Next month, this time, they'll be meeting together from all over the world. And, God, we've been asked to intercede and to pray for that meeting, that gathering, particularly as it relates to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, where it says that you will keep the unity of the body of Christ. The reason Paul put that in there is because there's a, an enemy working against us to cause division and strife. And so, God, I speak right now declare it in the name of Jesus that you will maintain that spirit of unity in every single person, every delegate, every, every person that's just attending. God, that they will allow Holy Spirit to move and speak into them. And, God, we thank you for the provision, for the butlers coming in just a few weeks. And we pray for them as they're transitioning, as they're saying their goodbyes, as they're making preparation. God, I pray for your anointing, your blessing on them, on, on Dale and Michelle, that you will just move on them. And God, on each of us, there will be a spirit of unity within us. And God, when they come, it will be a, just a time of celebration. There will be adjustment, but God, will place it in your hands. And there will continue to be a spirit of oneness and unity. Because God, that's what you call us to. So, God, we thank you and we praise you for all that you're doing in us, in this church, in this place. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all of these things. Amen. Amen. Good
5: morning, church family. So good to be here worshiping with you today. I don't know if you all have noticed, but ever since we came here, I always sit on the front row. Have you guys noticed that? Well, there's a reason for that. It does help me get up here if I'm on the plat- need to get up here on the platform without tripping, falling, or whatever. At least I haven't yet, but there's still time. But there's a reason for that in that I sit on the front row because I am so easily distracted. And you know what? If I sat back there somewhere, I would be watching everybody coming in. I'd be watching everybody going out. I'd be evaluating their outfit, their hair, their shoes, you know, all of that. I just am so easily distracted distracted. And if I am somewhere in the back and there's someone sitting in front of me and their little tag is sticking up, forget it. I will get nothing out of the service until I either reach up there and tuck it back in, which can be dangerous here in Colorado because you never know if they're carrying or not, or if I can somehow ignore it. But I cannot So I have learned that about myself because I am so easily distracted and I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me when I come here to church. And so what I do is I sit right up front and I try to focus on God and what he has for me that day because I really do want to be at my very best for God. And I don't want to be distracted. What about you? I want to ask you this question. Is there anything that keeps you from being your very best for God? Anything. Is there anything that is distracting you? Are there any excuses maybe that you're coming up with that you're using to be your very best for God? Do you sense God calling you to a closer walk with him? But there are so many other things in your life, work, sports, belongings, family responsibilities, that keeps you from answering that call to a closer walk with Jesus. Now, these things are not necessarily bad things, but they can easily, if we are not careful, they can easily Crowd out God's very best for us. I'm going to be preaching from Luke 14, the parable of the great banquet. And it's a topic of distractions and excuses. And the problem with distractions and excuses is that they cause us to miss out on the very best that God has to offer. And I don't want to miss out on that, do you? the very best that God has to offer. We don't want to miss out on that. Distractions move our focus away from God's very best and forces us to settle on second best. You and I have been invited, personally invited, to take part in a great movement called the Kingdom of God. It's a powerful, ongoing event with great benefits but it entails a great responsibility as well and it's up to each one of you it's up to me to rsvp to answer that invitation that god gives to each one of us we either accept with pleasure or decline with regrets Luke 14, 15 to 24. This is a parable in which the one preparing the banquet is God himself. The banquet is his kingdom, this mighty movement that brings hope and redemption to a world lost in sin. And those invited first were the Jews. Luke 14, 15 to 24 says, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. First one said, Well, I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I just got married, so obviously I cannot come. So the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has already been done, but there's still room at your banquet. So the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get even a taste of my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. A little background here to this scripture. The Jews, they were always waiting. They were always expecting God to break into history. Just kind of like young girls when they talk about their weddings, they dream about, they kind of plan, they talk about it with their friends. These Jews, they were just always waiting and talking and creating scenarios about what is it going to be like when God breaks into history. How many of you like seafood? Okay, okay, a lot of us like seafood. Well, one of the scenarios that these Jews would talk about when they talked about this great banquet, when... When God breaks into history, it's it's a banquet in which Leviathan, the great sea monster, would be on the menu. Boy, that would be a seafood uh, banquet, wouldn't it? That would be quite the seafood dinner. And it was this banquet that the man in our scripture was referring to. And when he spoke about the happiness of his guests, the invited guests that he was referring to were the Jews, right? They were the ones that were invited first. And this invitation was exclusive for the Jews because they could not imagine that Gentiles or sinners could be invited to a great feast hosted by God himself. It was beyond their comprehension. In Palestine, when you hosted a feast, the invitations stating the feast were sent out long before. Kind of like a save the date that we get for weddings and we put it on a refrigerator so we remember that. Well, that's what they would do. They would send out these invitations with the date on it, but no specific time. The actual hour was, was decided the day of because, you know, it took a long time to prepare a banquet back then. There were no microwaves. There were no Costco's. Could you imagine It would not be easy to prepare a banquet. So they never quite knew when it would be ready. So everybody would RSVP far in advance. And then the day of the banquet, the day of the feast, the master would send out a servant and they would go from house to house to house and say, come on, it's time. The banquet is ready. Come on. Well, so... To RSVP initially that you were coming, but then the day of the banquet to say no thank you, something else has come up, that was a huge insult to the host. And to remember the master, what was he when they said no? He was angry, exactly. You have this already, and they've accepted, but now they're saying no thank you. Remember that this parable, the man preparing the banquet, is God himself. The banquet is his kingdom, and those invited first were the Jews. But when that day of the banquet came, they had other things. One had just bought a field, and he had to go see it. Second one, he had just bought five yoke of oxen and had to try them out. The third one, had just gotten married, and had other responsibilities to attend to. Now, none of these things were bad, were they? They were not bad things. They're kind of everyday life events. But they got in the way. They did not allow these people to go and to take advantage and to be at the banquet hosted by God himself. So that poor servant, (laughs) I would not want it his job at all. He had to go back to give the master that bad news. Your guests, they're just too busy to come to your banquet. And he was angry, but he was determined to have his feast. So he told the servants, go out into the streets and the alleys, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, and yes, even the Gentiles. Go out to the roads and the country where the derelicts and the homeless live. Invite them all to my banquet. And you know what I realized? That's us. That's you and that's me. We are all invited to God's banquet. The sinner's The Gentiles, the cranky, the fearful, the lonely, the hurting, the addicted, and the guilty. We're all invited to God's banquet. Tony Campolo tells the story of a trip that he took to Hawaii. And because of jet lag keeping him awake into the night, he went for a walk on the streets of Honolulu at 2 a.m. Don't know if that's wise or not, but he did it. 2 a.m. in the morning, he found himself in a donut shop. And sitting at the counter at this donut shop, he overheard several prostitutes who were talking and sharing a booth together. One of the girls, her name was Agnes, and she happened to mention that it was her birthday. After she left, Tony turned to the cook and to the other women that were there and said, Hey, I've got an idea. Let's throw a birthday party for Agnes. So the other women, they got excited. and They agreed to bring some decorations. And the cook agreed to make a birthday cake. So the next night, they all gathered there at the donut shop. And when Agnes walked in, they brought out the beautiful birthday cake and they all began to sing happy birthday to Agnes. Tears streamed down her face. And when it came time to cut the cake, she just stood there. Finally, she said, would it be okay if I buy another cake and we eat that one? I want to take this one home to show my mom. And with that, She took the cake, and she left. In the sudden silence that filled the shop after she left, Tony bowed his head and began to pray. And he said, Lord, we thank you for Agnes, and we thank you for your love for her. You loved her enough to send your son to die for her on the cross, and we thank you for the best present of all, the present of your own son amen when tony raised his head and he saw that all the prostitutes had their heads bowed and they had been praying with him the cook looked over at tony and said you're a preacher (laughs) when tony admitted that he was the cook said what kind of church do you have And in a sudden flash of insight, Tony replied, the kind of church that throws parties for prostitutes and gives invitations to sinners. Amen. Amen. And God's invitation to his feast, to his party, and to his kingdom is for everybody. Doesn't matter what we've done in our past. He longs for us to all gather in his kingdom. That's the God that we serve. God sent invitations to his incredible banquet to you. Did you get it? Have you gotten that invitation to his banquet? We're invited to be a part of his kingdom one that brings light and life to our community, to our world. It's an invitation to the eternal kingdom of God, a glorious place where we're going to be greeted by Jesus himself. It'll be a place with no sadness, no hatred, no cancer, no death. Romans 10, 9, and 13 tells us how we can accept God's invitation to his kingdom. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. We don't have to come to him with our hands clean. He's the one that makes us clean. We come to him as we are and he receives us, and he gives us new life. He's calling out to all of us to come to his banquet. Have you accepted Jesus' invitation to his kingdom? I hope that you have. I know many of you have. But if you haven't, I encourage you to do that today. Confess your sins to God. Admit to Him. Tell Him you're sorry and ask Him to forgive you. Turn away from your sins and turn toward God. Call upon His name today and you will be saved. He's waiting. He's waiting. He loves each and every one of us. But you know, it's so easy. Even after accepting God's invitation, we can become distracted, or we can come become so busy in life that we let other things become more important than God. Let's look back at our parable. The first guy couldn't make the ba- couldn't make the banquet because he had just bought a field and had to go look at it. We can be so distracted by our work can't we this was a businessman climbing the corporate ladder he was a property owner now and he was doing quite well financially to take time to attend a party was not something that the up-and-coming did he had to keep his nose to the grindstone no time for banquets there's work to be done this person He probably started out reading his Bible in the morning, but gradually switched over to the Wall Street Journal. If you're going to get ahead in life, you got to keep up with Wall Street, right? Distracted by work. The second guy in the parable had just bought five yoke of oxen and had to try them out. Now, I may be wrong, but isn't this a little like buying a used car without test driving at first? Doesn't seem too smart, does it? But this guy, he was distracted by his stuff, by his belongings. And maybe, you know, he accepted to the invitation to the, the banquet before he really had many belongings. And we might be the same way. We might have accepted Christ into our heart before we had much, back when life was uncomplicated. But not anymore. Now we have a home, we have an RV, and a dog. And all those things take time, attention, and money. Right? Many of us can be so distracted by our belongings, by our stuff, that we allow those things to get in the way of our relationship with God. And many of us are distracted by our responsibilities. One of my top strengths, and when I did the strength-finding test, one of my top strengths is responsibility, which I find to be a blessing and a curse. <laughs> many of us are distracted by our responsibilities. The third guy, he really probably had the best excuse of all, right? He had just got married, and his time is no longer his own. Amen? Amen. That's right. And not long after the wedding, the kids arrive on the scene. Who has time for anything now? He's a family man now. He has responsibilities. Who has time for God when there's soccer practice to get to, right? We are distracted by our responsibilities. And those things aren't bad. They're not bad things at all but yet they can be be distractions from God's very best for us. I want to be your disciple, Lord. I really do. But look how busy I am. I would love to be able to read my Bible and pray, but the dishes, they're not going to wash themselves, right? Right. These things can start out as minor distractions, but in no time at all, They turn into very costly excuses. Verse 24, I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will even get a taste of my banquet. Very costly excuses. Very costly distractions. Not even a taste of my banquet. And I don't want any of us to miss out on God's banquet. I don't want any of us to miss out on the eternal life that Christ has provided for each one of us because of our distractions. So what can we do to keep this from happening? I always think about when I think about focus kind of like what Lori was talking about this morning being able to focus I think about when my girls were little and they would be talking 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 telling me something 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 and I was of course distracted because I am so easily distracted and they can tell they could tell when I was distracted and so what they would do is they would take my face and they would turn it to face them you know so I am facing them I'm looking them right in the eye and sometimes I think God does that with us, doesn't he? Okay, you're distracted by so many things. Take our face, look. Let's look at me. Let's focus on me. Keeping God in first place takes intentionality, doesn't it? It's not going to happen by accident. We have to be intentional on keeping God first and second corinthians 418 says so we fix intentionality fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal we're fixing our eyes on what is unseen we can't really see it it's not really there in physical form Like what we see here. But yet that is what is eternal. And that is what we fix our eyes on. God's kingdom. So back to the question I asked at the beginning of my message. Is there anything keeping you from being your very best for God? Think about that. Is there anything that's keeping you from being your very best for God? Is it your job? Is it family responsibilities? Could it be your belongings? These things aren't bad. They're not bad things. But they have the power to consume us in a way that our focus is no longer on God. Things of earth are temporary. But God and his kingdom Those things are eternal. And those are the things we need to keep focused on. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back. And while they're coming, I need to tell you some more good news. Somehow, in God's equation, when we put him first, above all of those other things, when we put God first and we put his kingdom first, And we put his banquet first. Everything else works out. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we don't know how that works. But it does. Putting God first. And everything else works out. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things our jobs, our homes, food, family needs will be given to you as well. Let's put God first and know that he has everything else under control. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so very much for your word. We thank you so much for your invitation to your banquet, to your kingdom. We thank you, Jesus, that we um, are all invited. It doesn't matter what we have done, where we have lived. doesn't matter what our past is. Lord, we can come to you. We are invited. And how I pray that each and every one here has accepted or will accept your invitation to your banquet. And, Father, how I pray. I pray for each and every one here, Lord, we all have those distractions. I know I'm not the only one. Father, how I pray that you will help us to fix our eyes on you, to keep our attention, our focus on you and your kingdom, and know, Lord, that you're going to take care of us and all these things that we tend to worry about. Father, we thank you so very much for your goodness to us. We love you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand and let's continue to worship God.
0: message. I don't want to make excuses. You know, the first thing that popped in my head when she said, are you letting anything uh, hinder you, distract you, prevent you from being all that God wants you to be? First thing that popped in my mind, board meetings. (laughs) Now I love our board. We have great meetings. They're a little long these days. But my next thought was, there really aren't any distractions or hindrances out here. It's all right in here when you get right down to it. I don't want to make excuses. I want to be equipped for all that God has for me. In the seventh week of the Easter season, receive this benediction. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, and be Christ's hands and feet this week, and be a blessing to the world.